It's going, it's going, it's gone! I've never seen a kobold head get knocked off quite so far. Looks like the Elrune Syndicate's paladin puts the ace in mace. Welcome back to the League of Ultimate Questing. My name is Kip Gilligan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. And with me here is Stormclad Thundertongue. How far do you think that kobold head flew, Storm? Oh, let's see here. 1,246. Uh, feet? Miles? Yards? I mean, that seems kind of high regardless, Storm. Were you even watching? War of the, war of the torn sails. War of what? Who mm. ounces? What? 29 grams. Storm, what are you talking about? <laughs> nah, jeez. Sorry, Kip. I was up all night cramming. What were you eating? No, uh, cramming info. I know it's kind of silly, but... Well, I joined the military pretty early. Sure, and? Like, before graduation early. I never really got my pre-scholar certificate. I went right from battlefield to questing. Oh, <laughs> well, that's no big deal, Storm. Lots of successful people don't have their PSC. I know you're smart. You've written a book. You're on Scry right now. Uh, who cares about a certificate? Well, I kind of do, Kip. I've been talking to Vladis about it, and she thinks part of me feels guilty about never getting certified. And since I've already checked so many successes off my bucket list, <laughs> I guess it's time to prove myself in scholarly pursuits. Could be good for me. Well, well, I guess that makes sense. Problem is, Kip, uh, I'm not quite book smart. I'm street smart. Kill smart. I keep looking at numbers and dates, and I can't get them straight. I'm up all night with uh, flashcards and lyrics about metric conversions. What if I can't pass? Well, I'm sure you'll do fine, Storm. Those tests are for teenagers. And if it helps, the War of Torn Sails was in 1248, not 1246. The embargo didn't even start till 1247, and it announces 28.34 grams. Mother son of a god. Uh, I mean, you were really close. Mother. Zip it, Gilligan. Tell you what. You pull out that history book, and I'll help you study. Yeah, really? Jeez. Well, thanks, Kip. Wish I could just take you with me to the test hall. Sure. And while we do that, let's check in on the Mortal Dawn, returning from their victory in the sacred Mountain Barrows. What kind of welcome will they return to? What's next for the Ulfman clan? Let's find out together. I come to think of it, you probably could fit in my backpack. Uh, what was that, Storm? Nothing. Nothing. Woo. Yeah. Mortal Dawn. Go team. Mortal Dawn is standing in the burial chamber of the Ulfman clan. Things are now quiet. The evil undead have receded back to the shadows within the mountain. The walls are now illuminated with the rainbow lights of Aurora Borealis and the sunlight from above. A fifth gleaming statue emerged from the wall, a charging ram, and the bear that returned to life after being freed from its spiritual shackles, lumbers down on its four legs and trots towards Arvid. Arvid faces the bear with a bit of a curious look. As it draws near, it once again rises up less aggressively on its hind legs, looking down at you, sizing you up. Something about its eyes seem almost hourglass-like. And it looks to you and sniffs the air, and it looks to the statue of the ram. <laughs> and you see the light reflect off of the glistening blue amulet around its neck that was the symbol of office of your mother, and inspects the area. Revington... Scuttles over and immediately climbs onto the bear's shoulder, sniffing it familiarly, but does not say anything. The bear gets down on all fours and trudges its way into the deep parts of the cavern, 
on its own. My mother was with that bear. I was closer than I cared to be to joining mine. Good work, Arvid. You did well today. Yes, expertly done. I, I never thought I'd carry such an honor. Enough of this somber nonsense. Cheer up. Coming from you? Da. Coming from me. You've been moping your way through this entire experience. I always understood you as a pretty uh, enthusiastic person, somebody who believed uh, the honor and history of their families meant something. I watched my cousins ripped in half by umber hulks and devoured in front of me. I watched uncles, aunts, friends murdered endlessly. But I didn't care about any of them. I can't imagine what you're going through. And I'm... I'm sorry I can't feel what you're feeling. Thank you. I, Not only that, I, I thought this would honestly be my last days. I thought surely this would be... I would come to perform the ritual and the bear would finish me or something like that. We wouldn't let that happen. Arvid's getting tearful and trying to hide it by pretending to study the new ram statue. <laughs> and a, a familiar dense shape finds its way under the palm of your hand. And Morty looks up at you, begins to, like, almost pleading you to play, to to be okay again. Morty, you're a good boy. <laughs> Gives a little wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> Arvid's perked up a little bit and like, all right, want, want to race back to the uh, to the exit, Morty? <laughs> Just immediately takes off down the back hall. Winner gets rash of bacon. Hmm. You That's hear like really barks cute. echoing down the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Arvin straight behind and uh, that would be a really good freeze frame ending if this was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, needless to say, the return back is not nearly as difficult. You've Found your path already. You follow the burnt-out torches, climb up the rope ladders. And now, when you enter the caverns above, there is a very clear path back out to the face of the mountain. The snow has subsided slightly. The sun is a bit brighter than it was before. The cold is still very dominant. But down below you in the valley, you can see fires burning around the tribe. And as you make your way down the mountain, you can see other groups of warriors coming from their clans at distant peaks, just peppered against the snowy landscape, converging as they get closer and closer to a conglomerate of the Sons of the Red Moon, including the Ulfman clan and many of their brother and sister clans. And as the warriors enter the town, you all get a very different sense of the encampment than when you arrived here. One thing that the Ulfman clan is known most for is being able to throw a fucking party. Oh? <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. There are several whole yaks on spits over bonfires. There are several kegs being dug out from under the earth and being tapped, horns being filled with dark, foamy beer, bottles of wine emerging from long-forgotten cellars. And the libation that the Ulfman clan is most famous for is the Firbolg Aquavit that they make here. You are all welcome very warmly by an entirely different energy, positive people. Your brothers and sisters, your family from distant tribes, they come to you and embrace you. They acknowledge you. They look you in the eyes. Arvid, you have returned. Triumphantly. One of your older relatives, your aunt, she comes to you and says, It takes some longer than others to return from their climb into the mountain. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, <whew. laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, Arvast just lifts you off the ground in a massive hug. You feel like a child again at the strength that he uses to just pick you up, pat you on the back. He says, Arvid, I couldn't be more proud of you. Uh, maybe you could. You should go up to the chamber sometime. There's a new totem. New totem? Yeah, and he, uh, he smacks his ram horns. Arvid, <laughs> I'm so proud. Hilda, Hilda, bring the sweet rolls. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope none are stolen. <laughs> your aunt is famous for her Dornish sweet rolls. They are baked in just a way that there's still a little bit of unmelted yak butter in the center of them, and they're glazed with a rich maple syrup from the neighboring trees. And you think part of the reason Arvast has, main <laughs> that Arvast has maintained his voracious girth is because of the sweet rolls that Hilda's known for. Ah, uh, yes. And you are all welcomed into the jovial atmosphere of the Ulfman clan. Arvid, let's get some meat back on you, there. Arvid pats his tummy and makes a taut sound. He's like, that's eh, about time. Like a fucking snare drum. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I taught Arvid to do better than anyone else. <laughs> you are all given plates of food. You are all given a horn of ale or wine, whatever you wish or request. There is some singing and dancing, very simple drum beats and group chanting. And then at some point, the energy shifts slightly. And dozens of Ulfmans, as far as the eye can see, shed their clothing and descend into the nearby hot springs to relax in their warm waters. And it's a very playful relaxation. Some of them climb out and bury themselves in the snow or hurl chunks of ice at each other and splash the water around, washing off the glistening meats from their beards. They're playing that game where two people sit on each other's shoulders and they battle, <laughs> which would be terrifying with people the size of furbolds. <laughs> and uh, your sister Eshwin comes up to you. And she's kind of sizing you up, and she gestures, did you find mother? And Arvid attempts to gesture as best as he can back. He's a little out of practice, obviously. She was there. I believe she gave her spirit to the bear totem. She says she's now one with the bear of the mountain, and will maintain the tradition of bringing our people to age. I forgive you for everything. I have no way to express how worried I was. But I swear, if Svoltir gets killed following in your shadow, <laughs> I will never forgive you. And she gives you a big hug. Arvid's going to accept the hug and then pull back and say, is Svoltir gone now? She says, Svoltir is doing quests with some group like yours. Same name for children. Hmm. Well, they wouldn't put them in danger. <laughs> I totally... <laughs> All of you are treated to soaking in the hot springs if you wish. Your bellies are filled with sweets and meats. You can be bedrunkled if you so choose. The Akvate is particularly fine, but difficult to consume very much of. It is clean and full of herbs, very cleansing. I do reluctantly drink one celebratory toast of the Aquavite. It's good. It reminds you immediately of like histories of reading medicinal books. Like There's something at play here that's more than just alcohol. Mm. Even Arvast will explain to you that it is in fact the water of life. Uh, after drinking the celebratory toast, I kind of walk away a little bit mm -hmm. and I pull a small pouch off my belt and I roll a very small cigarette mm. and kind of surreptitiously start smoking it. Mm. Perhaps a fear bulg or two notices, but they make nothing of it. Are they evil cigarettes? Aren't they all? They <laughs> I think Arvid should approach Artyom. Yeah, you do see Artyom off in the distance, kind of in the outskirts of the party. Okay. Artyom, I came looking for you. I wanted to say... <clears throat> <clears throat> what is that? Nothing. Nothing. This is... um. 
Nothing. Old heaven. Um, some kind of dried herb or weed? Sort of. It's uh, something that is used uh, by, the, by my people to numb the pain. Uh, recently, there have been some troubles, and it has reminded me of my past. But uh, this is not about me. This is why I walk away. You understand? No, but I, I suppose if you do not wish to join in the revelries, no one will make you. I flick the cigarette away. What did you come for? I just wanted to see uh, if you wanted to try a game that my cousins and I used to play. Duh. Okay, so we're just going to take 40 breaths in the hot spring, and then we run down to the river. Duh? Yeah, and then you stand for 40 breaths in the river, and we just go back and forth until one of us can't. This sounds very much like my kind of thing. That's why. (laughs) I want to try the goblin bowling game. That sounded like a lot of fun. (laughs) Arvast will say, When the tribes unite, the goblins flee to the hills. None to be found around here. (laughs) I throw off all my clothes and just jump right into the nearest hot spring. Hell yeah. And Arvid, as you're kind of awkwardly debooting and getting your trousers off and everything, before you completely finish, a huge dog impacts you and shoves you into the water, taking both of you into the hot spring with a splash. <laughs> I want to do this. I want a contested freaking con- constitution check and see how it plays. That's exactly what I was going to ask for. So yeah, both of you just roll me a con check and see who lasts the longest in the hot, cold dipperoo. Come on, baby. Ah, oh, Jesus. Mine wasn't great either. Total of 10. Uh, eight. <laughs> well, Arvid has a lot of experience doing this, but it's also been a long time since you played this game. So you don't beat your old record or anything, but you last a little longer than Artyom. But it's brisk. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like wheezing at a certain <laughs> point because of my lungs just being kind of fried. And I'm just like, this is, ugh, this is bedtime for this. <sighs> <laughs> Harithax is sitting there watching and just turns to Chris and goes, he knows that's how you get hypothermia, right? He's going to catch pneumonia. Hot air, cold air, hot air, cold air, hot air, cold air. <laughs> oh, let him have some fun. Pneumonia's not fun, Chris. <laughs> it kills people. <laughs> He's a doctor. <laughs> um, after you're done with your dipping in the hot and cold and embracing your game with Artyom, another furball comes up to you. She's from a neighboring clan. And she says, Arvid, I heard you did well in the mountains. Much of this partying is for you. Congratulations. Thank you. It's good to be warmly welcomed back to my family. Will you be staying here? I have made a different path. You have proven that you have the blood of your mother in you, in that you can speak and see through the eyes of a beast. This is a good trait to have in our people. Before you leave, we should ensure that this continues. <laughs> Wait, is, it, is oh. she coming? Is she trying to suggest something? She's suggesting a completely unromantic impregnation, it would have seemed. Oh. Yes, of course, but I, I have to go, so I'm not sure what you... No time like the present. For... Do you wish to have a male or female heir? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I... Um... <clears throat> I'm not very familiar with our customs in that area. I was just a boy when I left. If you wish for a male heir, spend more time in the cold river. If you wish for a female heir, spend time in the hot springs. And of course, there can be multiple attempts to make sure things happen. Harthax walks by and just slaps Arvid on the ass and goes, (laughs) Death Ward lasts for eight hours and keeps walking. (laughs) 
Well, I suppose it would be um, my duty and my honor. Yeah, Arvid's going to walk through whatever whatever this is. Arvid, tell me, what was your mother's name? Sigrid. That would be a good name for your daughter. Yeah, he's going to follow her lead. Yeah. There are many young warriors in the tribe that do not know how to handle their weapons yet. <laughs> but do not worry, I am trained. <laughs> this does ease my worries. And she will take you back to one of the sunken earth huts. Woo! Can RTM cast Bless on? <laughs> <laughs> and as she escorts you in, she says, let us forget the water. We will let fate decide. I'm into it. And Arvid disappears for a while. While Arvid is gone, you are all surrounded by dozens of towering naked furbolg, playing in the snow, relaxing in the steam. Oh, Chris definitely joins in on this. Nice. He's having a lot of fun. Harathax will be probably in the hot spring as well. Harathax doesn't look particularly different clothesless than they do clothed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you like take off your ring. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. My, my Dornheim cloak, that one's gone. Yeah, I'm not wearing my armor either, though. So. And the natural hot springs here are fantastic. All you right. can just soaking in them, you're like calculating their medicinal properties. Harathax will watch Arvid wander off with that girl and, and we'll turn to Christ and we'll say, well, we've learned a lot about our ancestors today. Hmm. Perhaps it's my time to see what I can find out about mine. And I will uncork the bottle that Malphonse gave me. Oh, nice. And I will take it while I'm just sitting here in the hot spring. You open the tiny diamond-shaped vial and breathe deeply as this green energy floats into your lungs and you feel your mind awoken and filled with the voice of Baron Malfonts. You are consuming some of their memories. They're sharing them with you, not giving them to you. Right. And he says, Back when Andariel was still standing, there were, uh... It was a different time in Mackinac, let's say. Now, there's no argument that the uh, dragons are no longer with us, but... When I was a child, there were still a few that people spoke about, one of which I saw with my own two eyes. And as he's talking, you're being kind of guided through this vision, and you see the kingdom of Kamaris in its prime. It is breathtaking. It is a perfect balance of natural resources. The Helderons are glistening snowy mountains, and Dariel is surrounded by clean blue water with bright tabards and banners hanging above the castle. And it looks like there's a group of warriors riding up to the gate, returning from a war. Some of them have arrows sticking out of their pauldrons, and there's injuries amongst them, but they seem to be carrying the banner of victory. The one at the head is a king in broad silver armor with a bronze spiked crown. And he's holding in his arms what looks like a silver shape, a young baby dragon, about the same size as a full-grown human. And he is covered in wounds. He's bleeding. The dragon itself is covered in wounds and bleeding, and he's holding it to his chest, taking it home to keep it safe. And he says, Returning from a war, King Camus came upon a clutch of eggs long forgotten, one of which survived. The baby was nearly killed by predators, but he held it close to his chest and returned to the kingdom with it to try to save it, bring it to the temple. It was a long ride, and people say that their blood merged that day, flowed from one to the other and back. From that day on, Kymus had the blood of the dragon within him, and he was bonded to Tendrasek forever. He owes him his life, and vice versa. I don't think any spirit in this world can break their connection. And he grew up to be strong, protect our kingdom. He was used as a mount, as a guide, as a scout, and of course, as a counselor, for he was brilliant. Another, I sense, 
once dwelled near where you are now. Long ago in the Age of Legends, there was a man of Dornheim named Dracus Odracnia, the Slayer of Worms. And in order to claim the Himmelhorns for the crown of Dornheim, he single-handedly fought them one by one, cutting them down, including the white dragons that used to pepper the hills. Arathax snarls at this. They were wicked, bloodthirsty beasts at the time, and it was a shame to see them lost, but one outlasted Dracus, one that buried himself in the heart of a glacier. He was Geldensire the Dying Mountain, and you see the image of this peak of a mountain that is not stone but ice, and from inside two glaring white eyes seem ever-present. But this was a very long time ago, and the last but not least that I knew of in my lifetime. It's a difficult one to speak of, for he was a terror from Danmere all the way to Chimaris, a pillager of the northwest. You see an image of a huge, vast swamp, many dead trees lurching over as though burdened by their life here, trying to survive in the mud and the muck. And at once, the water surface comes to life. The mud begins to pour off and the trees fall to the ground as a huge black serpent emerges from below the surface of the murk. You see four horrible black wings spread into the air, and this long serpentine black dragon takes to the sky, a crown of horns all around its head. He says, that was Venonfall, the sky blighter, a black dragon unlike any other, more intelligent, more cruel, twisted by dark magic. And the whole time you've been spectating the scene, you feel like a ghost traveling through time. But as the creature soars overhead, it pauses mid-flight and looks down to where you would exist in this place, almost aware of the fact that you're watching it through the veil of history. And it locks eyes with you, and its lips begin to sizzle. This horrible, acrid torrent surges out, melting trees, destroying a huge swath of the landscape, and baptizing you in acid. At the end of your visions, you gain an ability called Draconic Cognizance. Any knowledge checks, history, arcana, Nature regarding dragons you have advantage on. Your breath weapon is forever changed. Not only does it deal an extra d6 acid damage, but it requires a con save versus the poisoned condition. Dex save to avoid the damage, damage. and a con save to avoid poisoned? Correct. Okay. Ah, damn. I don't have a card for that one because it's just kind of a okay. racial thing. I was worried that your, uh, your gift wasn't going to be too hot, but that's the sickest shit. That's pretty sweet. As its tidal wave of acid approaches me, Harthax is going to fire my own acid breath at it in this like sort of Harry Potter meeting of the, the streams. And of course, his is going to completely overwhelm mine because it's it's colossal. I'm hoping I don't do that in the real world. Hmm. At the same time, just sitting in the hot tub, just... <laughs> <laughs> Your friend just threw up a lot of us. It burns. Whoa. The goggles, they do nothing. <laughs> But yeah, I'm gonna just defiantly try and 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 blast my own acid at that one and, and <laughs> blast acid. Yeah. Blast <laughs> oh dear. Uh, of course. Yeah. It is a squirt gun versus a tidal wave, right. to say the yeah. least. And then the vision end after that. As you come to those nearby, realize that Harithax, as they are wont to do, went below the surface of the water, and they stayed down there for a very long time. Even for Harithax, who can hold their breath for a very long time and emerges taking in air once again shocked by the transition from heat to cold and you can feel this like sizzling energy in your mouth as though you started to salivate this horrible necrotic energy for just a moment but you are now back where you were and the lingering voice of malfont says 
There may have been others, but these were the ones I knew of. We'll have to arrange some time in the future for you to come and peruse my libraries. I feel there is much that you and I could discuss. Well, it looks like the MDs have met with a warm welcome, some cold drinks, and some very hot springs. You love to see a group like this getting the love and R&R they deserve. Hell yeah. Cold air, hot springs, and tortoise hooch are a recipe for a happy storm. And the Ten Tribes have been making booze for a long time, since at least 1025 AS. Right? That's right, Storm. See, you just needed a little help studying. I guess so. Thanks again, Kim. Feels good to prove intelligence isn't your dump stat. But, uh, I didn't drop out of school because I wanted to be a soldier. Oh no? Is this a storm story I haven't heard yet? I didn't just go to any old public bookhouse, Kip. It was St. Rothwell's Academy for Proper Lads. Boot camp with summer camp by comparison. Oh, that bad, huh? Worse. You so much as pick your nose or cut a fart during a lesson and they'd tan your backside like an old wicker rug. Thankfully, that didn't, uh, <clears throat> awaken anything in me. Lad is just... <clears throat> hey, what's that, pal? No, nothing. Nothing. Well, that's fine, because it's time for our 5 o'clock replay. This week is featuring Paragon Rank Team... Wait, 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 five, 5 o'clock? My test is at 6. Storm, we're live. Got a run, kid. BSC. Dumpstat! <sighs> well, I guess we can take a little break before today's highlight. Let's roll some commercials, I guess. <laughs> we'll be, uh... I'll be right back. Dirt and grime in your household? Get the new Slime Coat Gelatinous Cube. It'll dispose your garbage, polish your floors down to their base, and help with misbehaving pets. Don't be a square. Get your cube today. It keeps your sink real clean. It makes your floors look clean. So don't be a room. Get a gelatinous cube from Slime Coat. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What is up, L.U.Cuties? We just had a big recording yesterday, and I am psyched for the next chapter. And I'm psyched about all of you. Our community is growing, and with it, our Discord server and our Patreon. We're still a long way from being able to do this as a job, but every single one of you moves us closer to that reality. A big special thanks to our Legendary Tier subscribers in particular, who donate $25 or more every month and make up the Legendary Teams. The Moonlight Veil, The Ancestor's Fury, The Cultured Cutthroats, The Iron Rhapsody, and this week's featured team, The Tavern Brawlers, with Dave Mladenov, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Tracy Rivington, and Dovathor. We also have two amazing additions to The Ancestor's Fury, Izzy and Andrew42. These two have been a constant presence in the Discord, amazing to talk to, and I'm just very excited to see them joining our legendary teams. Welcome. Thank you all again, and even if you're not in a position to donate, we're just ecstatic to have amazing fans listening and showing their love. And for those of you who can't get enough of us, come check out my live stream Monday through Thursday at 6pm PST at twitch.tv slash slapdash streams. Law and I also do Pokemon challenge playthroughs together every Tuesday at 7.30, and you can catch Law late nights playing Minecraft on our official Slapdash server, which you can find info for on our Discord. So come hang out, and thank you all again, and let's get you back to the action. 
Welcome back to League Beefs. The heroes of the LUQ are professional quest specialists, but that doesn't mean they don't totally blow it sometimes. This is your weekly highlight reel of adventuring oopsies and fantastic fumbles when our heroes totally beef it. League Beefs. While the party rogue for Orion's Point was checking the hallway for a trap, their druid felt the call of nature and had to take a mid-dungeon bathroom break. When you gotta go, you gotta go. Unfortunately, their powerful stream triggered a pressure plate, releasing poisonous darts. Sorry you almost died, but congratulations on a healthy prostate. Druid, more like wizard. The Maelstrom's team captain is known to have some sticky fingers, but when he went to steal a local guard's wallet, he accidentally grabbed a handful of his back cheeks. He felt horrible and explained what happened, saving him from a hefty fine and possible jail time, and now the two are dating. Slow at first squeeze. And last of all, let's talk about this clutch play of the day, where a hero goes above and beyond to succeed when the odds are against them. The Serpents Unchained had been trapped in a grove of angry treants for days without rations and no way out. One by one, they fell to the angry treemen as the days passed, but the party ranger, having finally found the exit, managed to make a break for it and drop one of the towering aggressors with nothing more but arrows that he had crafted from the Treant's fallen allies. Quiver Timbers. Join us again next time for more of the fumbles your family loves to see here on the Nexus Enterprise. The next morning has come as the mortal dawn awakens amongst the Ulfman people and the other tribes of the Sons of the Red Moon. You know today you will pack up and set out back to Lucinilli. The fastest route to get there would be to travel south to Whitefall, where you have been once before the capital of Dornheim, and take a swift ship. But for the morning, you have your own time. What do we see each of you doing before you leave? Arvid uh, will probably have spent some more time with that nice lady, Irma, and basically tried to express much gratitude for her choice. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) (laughs) that awkward thank you from sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and ask her if she feels it's appropriate if he checks in to see how things are going with air quotes. I'm not sure how you would do that. I I have the ability to send messages from far away or at least i can send letters just to see how how you are if you need anything i will find one that reads this is good right (laughs) (laughs) one that reads right i'm sure he could take dictation from somebody in her tribe which tribe she's of the sons of the red moon okay so just not of the elfman clan yeah Yeah. okay and she doesn't stick around to go she wants to party that's fine that's fine Poor Arvid. <laughs> Morty comes in and lays on top of you and gives you that cuddle. Yeah, I feel strange. <laughs> <laughs> Anything from Harithax? I don't really think so. You probably even fall asleep in the hot spring. Yeah. Like, this is great. Yeah. Just hot water. Perfect. Chris definitely goes and livens up the party a little a little but you know knowing that it's a celebration for arvid and arvid's mother that he's for once not going over the top Mm. uh so just anybody who needs a little bit more he he just helps out and you know not his usual fireworks display you're of a particular fascination to a lot of the young Thurborg children 
Um, your size fascinates them because they're almost eye to eye with you, some of them. And your music is unlike anything that they've heard before. You just have an energy about you that seems to draw their curiosity. Mm. I actually imagine when Harithax does like their thing in the hot spring, some of the Ulfmans or the Sons of the Red Moon probably notice and start challenging them to like breath holding contests, <laughs> which like they just get progressively more and more determined to win against this strange being. Yeah. And so Haru spends like the rest of the night basically underwater as Ulfmans turn themselves blue trying <laughs> trying to hold their breath as long as my alligator lungs can just hang out. Yeah. And they impress you, but it's not, not even close. Yeah. <laughs> How about Artyom? Through most of the party, after things die down a little bit, mm -hmm. I'm going to be contacting Eshwin mm. and finding out, just kind of establishing a common vocabulary to learn mm. and start trying to share back and forth our respective hand sign. Okay. Um, teaching myself what I can of it and then showing them what I can of mine. Uh, and I'll spend as much of my time as I can doing that. Uh, you find her to be cunningly intelligent, almost like cut from a far different cloth than Arvid. Not <laughs> <laughs> Damn. No, no, it's true. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not that smart. <laughs> she actually probably takes the reins at some point of instructing you. And she picks up on your signals pretty quickly. Um, they're very confusing in nature to her because they're so swift and militaristic and hers are all very just empathic. Mm. Uh, but you you find a little bit of connective language. You pick up a few phrases. She shows you how to like differentiate between like people and then like an animal mm. and just a few common things that are around. A lot of what I'm going to be trying to learn is things like um, keywords for them, uh, the rest of my party, actions that we take, things that we do. Sure. Yeah, you get some more insight to a different style of sign language that gives you ideas. And to give you an idea of what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to learn how to incorporate that into any drow hand sign I teach to my party mm -hmm. so that if we ever face drow, I can use mm -hmm. Dornish hand signals to confuse the drow. Certainly, yeah. Learning how they approach it, you can almost start to concoct a language of your own for the moral dawn to kind of understand. So, Oh my God, secret languages. It's like high school. Oh my God. <laughs> this good. way I can tell you to murder people quietly. Just like back in high school. Just like back in <laughs> high school. <Wowzers>. What? <laughs> That's very much drow hand sign. <laughs> <laughs> I have 43 words for murder, but I don't know hi. <laughs> So you are all aided in packing up. They give you some food for the road because it will be a few days before you make it all the way back to Whitefall. But it's not nearly as difficult a travel as it was up into the Himmelhorns. It's fairly flat and the snow is not nearly as deep. And this season, it's slowly starting to melt away. It kind of stays winter all year in Dornheim, but there's a large difference between midwinter and late spring. And you're all wished goodbye. Arvast once again refuses to release you in a hug that lasts a little too long. The children say goodbye to Morty. And your family in general just kind of gives you a warrior's salute as you leave the town. The weather is nice. It's cold, but the sunshine makes the road much more enjoyable. After a couple of nights of camping out, finding safe places, you encounter a few more tribes on the way back, and they seem pretty friendly towards outsiders, helpful in giving you directions. They definitely keep weapons to bear, but none of them are very aggressive towards you. On the third night being out and camping, you're all, you know, warming your feet by the fire and partaking in some of the food that the Ulfman's packed up for you. And uh, a large figure kind of comes from around a nearby hillscape, and you can see its silhouette against the moonlight. And it looks like this lumbering quadruped with a series of things attached to its back, like bundles, bags, straps. And coming towards your little camp, you can see this very, very large boar. And it has what looks like a, a saddle 
that kind of unfolds into almost like a building, like a tent that hangs on its back. And there's a dwarf sitting on top of it. As he gets close, he calls out to you. Well, hail there, travelers. Uh, mind if I uh, take part of your fire? I'd have a name first. Oh, more certainly. My name's Christopher Mashburn. Christopher? That's right. Interesting. Hmm. Sorry to spook you. I- I'm a trader and I wander around these parts. I just came from Anmar up north collecting some bits. Uh, I sell things out of me, uh, me wagon here. This here is Miss Truffle, he says, patting the boar on the side. <laughs> Miss Truffle. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always the right thing to do to be kind to merchants. They are the connecting glue that keeps the... Yeah, it's... Uh, ha- Hail and well met. Well, hail and well well met indeed. While I trade in goods, I also do like to collect me some stories from around these parts. And y'all stand out a bit. Mercenaries, perhaps? Not quite. League members. League. The League of Ultimate Questing. I hold up my bracer. Ah, don't meet many of you out on the road. Fascinating. Don't get much time to watch the scrivs either. Always moving, I am. Well, mind if I pull up a seat and set up camp? Please do. And he goes over to Miss Truffle after climbing out of his little saddle, and he kind of erects these poles just up out of the mass, like six of them that are all very well reinforced. And she kind of gets down and he unbuckles some straps and she just kind of steps out from under them. And now there's just like this structure that he unfurls some tarps from making a bit of a tent. That's great. And there are frying pans and baubles and barrels of things hanging off of it. Like this guy travels with a pretty good selection of goods as he makes his way on the road. He says, ah, took a ship south from Anmar, and boy, I thought Remetex was cold, but let me tell you, these cold Dornish climbs, they curl up my nethers like a scared hedgehog. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a visual I've ever imagined wanting to see. (laughs) Well, the ship ride down was the real adventure. We bumped into what we thought was a big float of ice, but it turned out to be the tip of some monster's head. Bigger than the whole ship. Just strolling along the floor of the ocean like it was nothing. Impressive. The blades are a very dangerous place to sail. Takes top coin to get sailors to make that route, especially if you got Miss Truffle with you. Isn't that right, girl? (laughs) We're not much sailors ourselves. Well, perhaps you have some tales you can share with me. You're members of the League. What made you decide to do that sort of thing? Instead of the more earthly pursuits of farming and stitching people and selling silks. I look at the rest of them. Absolution. Redemption. Desperation. Inspiration. It's an impressive list of <laughs> singularities there. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you're not the personal speaking types. You've been on the road for a while. What's the strangest thing you've seen? These are the stories I like to collect. What is strange anymore? Well, we were eaten by a worm mm. the size of a desert. Oh, there was the undead city. Which could have been eaten by the giant worm. Starts writing things down. (laughs) A ray of sunshine breaking through the Everstorm. Breaking through the Everstorm. See, these are tales I can sell upriver for a few pints. This is good stuff. Wait, what about mine? A horse that can eat a cat? A horse that can eat a cat? (laughs) Does it want to? Uh, furiously. (laughs) Well, all right then. Only only when it can't eat something bigger. Meat-eating horse. Wondrous. Absolutely wondrous. The unending eye of a horror from beyond. Unending eye of a horror. Ooh. Subjective. I like it. Spirits coming back to teach a lesson. Spirits coming. Mm. Tale as old as time, that one. Really? Mm. 
I missed this one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, would you like to take part in any trade while I've got you here? I've got all sorts of random doodads in me, uh, my hovel over there. What Uh are you interested in? Oh, I'm interested in coin. I don't need more widgets to sell, but, uh, I've got some things from all over the Five Kingdoms, even a little bit of things from the Free Isles. Oh, I'm curious. Well, when I passed through Whitefall, I picked up a few kegs of Darnish King's Ale. Uh, I've got some sugars and spices that I bought from Alcara. They know their spices up north, let me tell you what. I've got some uh, fine paper and ink that I picked up while I was in Danmere. I've got a few tales of my own. I sell silks, one of my specialties. Uh, a fine satchel of Danmerian teas. Quite an array there. Uh, some rare mushrooms that I collected from some Zwerf Neblin. Uh, as well as uh, some... Herbs that are useful for gentlemen who wish to manipulate their potency. <laughs> Did you say strange potions? Any any strange potions or scrolls? Uh, I am the potions and scrolls. I do have some trinkets that I believe a wizard poked their fingers into a time or two. Uh, oh? Uh, they are pretty pokey, aren't they? Pretty pokey. Wizards. Ah, this is a tale of its own. And he goes over and rummages around in some bags and takes out a little box. And he pulls out this candle that looks like it's been just barely melted at the top, about four inches tall, and it is pitch black. You ever seen one of these? No. A candle? A black wax candle. Ah, I think we actually had an opportunity to use one of those. Ah, they're very handy. Sold in many magic markets around. Remind me what it does. Well, this world of ours is full of all kinds of old dusty trinkets from the past, and some new, and they tend to have strange properties to them. Looks like you're all wearing them head to toe, if you ask a a bystander. Uh, These kind of candles can illuminate their properties by uh, breathing in their fumes and casting light upon them. And mechanically, these are candles that can cast identify. This one has four uses in it. Hmm. How much? Oh, I'd give you a fine road bargain, a 250 gold. 250. We could simply pay the League Wizards to identify things that price. The heck of a deal, then. Maybe I uh, take it down to 200. And you, uh, you mention old Christopher Mashburn when you're back in your fancy city. I think I could do this. I'll drop him 200. Cool. Um, Artyom, do you, do you think that we should get a few of those spices for the HQ? Oh, this is good. Hmm. I'm sure the Shroombara would enjoy these exotic mushrooms. What's a shroombara? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. <laughs> I'd love to be in disbelief. They're living mushrooms. Living mushrooms? Aren't they all living? Walking and talking. Walking and talking mushrooms. Well, that sounds adorable. And it is. What manner of mushrooms are these? Oh, these are a real pain in the ass, these are. Um, so are ours. Ah, I see. <laughs> uh, these are called shriek caps. They don't do well exposed to sunlight. Neither do I. Ah. <laughs> Yuck, yuck, yuck. Well, people sometimes <laughs> use these as a kind of an alarm system if they don't want a door opened. As soon as they meet the sun, they start to wither away, but they let out a hell of a shriek for a few seconds before they snuff out. I don't imagine they'd do well in my greenhouse then. <laughs> 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 the eerie Luna Rose is sitting there rolling its eyes like, oh my God, shut up. <laughs> I've got some fine dwarven black leaf cigars as well. You can't get that outside Remitex unless it's through traders like me. Do you by chance have any crystals that emit darkness instead of light? <laughs> or heard of such a thing? Nah, Probably well. not real. <laughs> well, tell you what. I'll crack open this bottle of Rogamian Red for your hospitality. He holds it out. Finest wine in all of Leone, the Rogamian Red. He takes a squaff and passes it along. And he takes his boots off, and the campsite is filled with a, a very unique smell. 
<laughs> unique. That is. Yeah. Morty comes up, starts rolling on them. Oh, <laughs> oh and Morty, do not like. <laughs> Whoa. Says, well, thank you so much for your hospitality and doing some business with me, too. Hope you get good use out of that candle that's been collecting dust in my satchel for some time now. How much are the shriek caps? Oh, I'd part with them for 10 gold piece each, but I only got three of them. I'll give you 30 gold for them. Fine enough. Here you are. Do not open the bag. Don't try to plant them, especially in the sunlight. Darkness only. Or they'll be up like a, you know, one of those uh, Danmerian uh, fireworks. Fireworks. <laughs> Thank you. And how about you, my handsome friend? Care for some of the castle herb? Um, no. Um, I would. I am interested in your tea and spices, though. Aye, I can set up a little bundle for you if you're interested. Several spices from all over the five kingdoms and some teas. Yes, please. He sells silk too, Christ. Didn't you want to learn how to dance with those ribbons? Yeah. Yes, show me those. Please. He's got several spools of silk that are several yards long. Ooh, give me the red one. One spool of red silk and a satchel of herbs and tea run you 20 gold. Ah, there you go. He passes it off to you. Fine, Dean. Just fine. You say you've been about? Aye. Have you, uh... Heard any doings of the draft? I mean, uh, the uh, Dark Elves. Ah, not for some time. Uh, we Remitex folk have a different relationship with the Dark Elves than most of the mainlanders do, you see. We do have some Dark Elves that live out on the island of Remitex, but they're lingering essences of the past, you know? You can't get them out of the caves. They're like rats in the cellar. <laughs> Once they make root and nest, they just just spread. I know what you mean. No offense to your people. We dwarves are the same way. Don't they get me wrong. They are not my people. Oh, well, I apologize for any insult. I didn't mean it. You must be from these parts. You look just like the uh, the Fairbog I visited a few days ago up north. Did you see the Sons of the Red Moon, any of their clans? That sounds familiar. I didn't take down the clansmen's names or anything, but... uh, Any good trade with them? Aye, they bought several bottles of my Ragamian Red. Very interested in that foreign wines. Hmm. I'm a little bit short on Drax, unfortunately. No problem at all. Your friends have been more than uh, enough business for this leg of the journey. In fact, I might take a few weeks off. <laughs> That's a treat for me. Well, me and Miss Truffle got a lot of sleep to catch up on, but don't worry. She's, uh, she's a bit sniffy, but she's not bitey. <laughs> she's just curious. Is she snorry? You know, I think we're in a bit of a competition on that one. <laughs> <laughs> he goes over and unfurls a little sleeping bag under his erected structure, and Miss Truffle kind of... <laughs> slops down next to it and then a beautiful two-part <laughs> symphony of sawing logs fills the campground i imagine at a certain point of snore density it just becomes white noise and you can just fall asleep but <laughs> one person snoring is insufferable yeah depends on the pitch rate and frequency uh, in almost all cases and uh, while they do appear to be out like a light and they're not bothering any of you with a bit of a distance if there's any kind of movement like as you're getting up to go to your bed you immediately see this yellow eye flash open from the boar like it's very aware even it's sleep deepest slumber <laughs> i for the first time in a while am instead of sleeping meditating hmm. excellent you are vaguely aware of christopher mashburn packing up his camp and taking off before your party awakens. He snuffs out the remainder of the fire, and uh, he leaves a little satchel of some dwarven chocolates on one of the stumps just because he seems to have uh, taken a shining to y'all and quietly makes his way back south. What a sweet man. And a legendary patron, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, the group 
packs up their things. You're starting to run out of the provisions the Ulfman's left you, but Whitefall is no more than a day or two away. So you're doing pretty good in that regard. As soon as my four hours are up, I'm just going to be wandering around taking walks. And when the light starts to even vaguely kind of start to come up, I'm going to shout, Come, my friends. This dawn is rather mortal, and I would like to see it used to its fullest benefit. Uh, uh, Artyom, did you call me your friend just now? Yes. Don't read into it. (laughs) You see Morty, Morty like a snake, beelining through logs towards this bar of chocolate sitting by the fire. (laughs) I know! Grabbing as fast as I can. (laughs) He wanders over sadly and sniffs a large pile left behind by Miss Truffles. Couldn't you let him know that this would kill him? Uh, he looks at Artyom looks back to you like he knows yeah <laughs> he knows Artyom can kill him it just smells too good <laughs> <laughs> that's how he processing Artyom holds it up and says this can kill you he like, is aware <laughs> <laughs> so the group travels for the rest of the day again the sun is fine warms your backs as you walk it's nice to get your legs stretched out it's tiring but something about the nature you really absorb it and it's peaceful. You're not sure how soon it'll be till you return to Lucinilli and get your next quest, but the day has been kind and you feel a camaraderie out on the road that you haven't felt in some time with the four of you all together. Arvid should try to uh, sing some some like walking songs and ask Artyom about his marching songs and then try to see if they can uh, come up with with like a meet in between sort of situation with that. It is funny you should ask. They're not so much songs. That is the problem. They don't really have music. But what they had is uh, rhythmic chanting. But I've been thinking about harmonizing them, trying to find a way to bring them into a more uh, musical tone. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I could help you there. I, um, I've never been great with the rhythmic part, but it's supposed to be rhythmic and uh, tonal. So my hope is that whatever we produce comes similarly to like um, like Russian marching chant and things like that, like mm-hmm. Soviet era, you know, like boisterous yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Well, you definitely have some fun playing with some potential lyrics, making each other laugh a few times with good jokes, and you find your voice together more than a few times. With Chris doing diva solos over the top of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As the sun begins to set behind the distant mountains, the group stops in their tracks. The sky above you grows bright with orange sparks and a flare of silver light. It looks almost as if a piece of the air simply splits open in the blink of an eye. The smell of smoke surrounds you, and tiny bits of wood and metal sprinkle down into the snow. As a foreign object moving at an incredible rate impacts with the ground, and skips, and rolls, and tumbles to a stop, leaving a cut line of earth in its path. It looks almost like a huge metal keg wrapped in ripped fabric and wooden beams, dented and cracked, smoking and in pieces. A hatch bursts open on the side, and a tall, lanky figure immediately comes staggering out of it, looking around, confused, bleeding. You make eye contact from this distance, and they look like for a moment they're about to raise their hand to wave, just as the strange device explodes and the strange figure falls face first into the snow. <laughs> Damn, that cat just crashed a sky dumpster into the middle of the Dornish Southlands like a kid jumping off the roof. Uh, for you kids at home, 
Dope. Looks like the MDs still have some strange things to explore before they make it home. But enough about that. You seem to be in a good mood. How did the test go? Oh, I aced that some bitch. Aced it? As in a perfect score? Better. I'm rocking a 120. <laughs> uh, Storm, I don't think the PSC exam goes over 100. Yep, they did it just for me. Now I'm the highest grade they've ever given. <laughs> well, uh, no offense, pal, but how? I mean, I mean, earlier today, you thought that a semicolon was a medical disorder. Cheating. You cheated? What? No, no. I played it straight. But one of the kids made a pact with some wrath demon to give him big brain energy, the dumb twerp. Halfway through the exam, the contract goes south and the whole classroom gets flooded with bone imps. Those old bastards love kid bone skip. I mean, they aren't picky or anything, but it was a very choice situation for them. Bone imps? Right, right. Anyway, kids are running and screaming and the professor is hiding under his desk and I'm chewing my tongue over some multiple choice triangle problem. I can't focus on this bedlam, so I calmly stand up, grab a few extra number two pencils, and get to work, making imp kebabs all over the hall. Professor was so grateful he was alive, he gave me a 120. Turns out book smarts ain't worth much when a demon is gnawing on your collarbone. That's... Wow. <laughs> it makes me question our school system a little bit, but... But I'm really proud of you, pal. Thanks, buddy. Honestly, who makes a pact with a wrath demon to pass a test? Not like it's a math demon. <laughs> Got him. You're one smart orc, Storm. Well, folks, join us next time as we check in on the teams as they approach the season break and find out the mysteries of this crash-landed foreign figure with Immortal Dawn. Is this alien adversary an assassin? Or is he a future friend for our fearless foursome? Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing. Holy shit, what the what? What the hell just happened? An unsuccessful test of a prototype. <laughs> That's what that was. Wow. Ah, beta testing. Wait, 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 wait. Alien. Yeah, I went there too. Yeah. I went there too. Yes. You know, Zach needs to do it because he's got the hair for it at this point. <laughs> I do have a bit of a bit of an afro going. Whose turn be it? I think it's mine. Well, well, first, let's go around the table, starting with... Sam, playing Arvid Ulfmund, a level 8 Drew Barb. Michael, playing Harithax, a level 8 Warlock. Alante, playing Chris, <laughs> a level 6 Sorcerer and level 2 Bard. I'm Zach, I play Artem Volkov, Cleric for Sunlight and Suffering. I'm also the Technical Director for Slapdash Studios and Editor and Producer. I'd also like to thank Tori Christensen for editing so many of our episodes. Notorious... My name is Law. I am the Dungeon Master and the Creative Director of Slapdash Studios. Well, if you're at this point in the show, you probably know that new episodes go live every Monday wherever podcasts are available. I want to say thank you all so much for listening to this show. The fact that we've gone so far is due entirely to you. 75 episodes. Yes. 76. 76. We are rapidly approaching our 100th episode and we've got to try to figure something out for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, beyond that, the best thing you guys can do to support us right now is to share us with friends and get the word out there bully everybody you know your friends your family your neighbors dentists make everybody listen to the league of ultimate questing we could use we could use the spread mm -hmm. um if you want to know more about the stuff that we're doing our side projects d20 questions our twitch streams everything mm -hmm. you can find all of that on the luq.com as well as links to our social media uh and all of our information is available there you can even find world and character lore and things like that so please check it out 
Does anybody have it? We don't have anything. I don't think so. We obviously look forward to questing and growing together. And until next time, we wish you luck.